0: Blessings everyone, this is Carlotta, Jewels, Diamonds in the Rough Segment Continuation No more introduction We introduced ourselves Now we're here to talk about Some subjects, some topics um, Bring some episodes That will bring some enlightenment to Our people I just want to say that there will be Um, future episodes that will include guests, male and female, kings and queens, to share on their thoughts on my topic questions that I pose to them. So let's get right to it. Today, I am going to talk about the history of kings and queens. I did some research and I will go into depth of the history of African kings and queens not too much in depth, but enough so that you understand where the, it originated from let me Let me remind you that these segments and episodes are only about let me repeat that only about our African and Latino descendants. So if you get offended, I am not going to apologize for my topics. If you don't like them, just don't listen to them. I repeat it again. Do not listen. This is not a segment for you. This are not episodes for you. And we won't miss you. And we won't be sad about it. Period. Moving right along. The subject at hand. The history of our kings and queens. Now, some people don't believe in what I believe in. And that's okay with me. But that's another segment for us to discuss and I assure you we will have a long discussion. I will have a special guest for that and I assure you he will have some insight and it will be very interesting. He's very intelligent and very well versed in those things. So in the meantime, I did my research according to the Holy Bible and other resources that I will definitely quote from. Now, first, I want to say this one is about our kings, and I know I'm always talking about our kings because they need to know that their presence is important, much needed, and that we care about them. And don't let it be said, queens, we are strong. We stand no matter what, and there is a definite history on why we stand so strong. So don't, so don't think that I'm just always coming at you with the kings, because I definitely have some stuff for our queens. There is also history why our kings have so many, not have so many, but feel so much adversity and enmity with our queens. And these episodes I bring to you to, are to tear down that negative history and bring life and healing. I know already that to my black brothers, my kings, I will rub you wrong at first, but I promise you in the end you will feel more appreciative and have insight and understanding of why the adversity and enmity even exists. So, a brief synopsis of our existence. Of course, we go back in biblical time where God created the heavens and the earth and then he created man and woman. He created man, but he made woman out of man. He took that rib and he placed it in her as a symbolization of man's helpmeet, his person. That person that he would call his rib, of course. And boom, there it is, the beginning. So I'm going to fast forward to the history of kings and queens. And so follow with me, okay? Don't think that I, um, that I just haphazardly came up with these things. I did my research. And I want you to le- I let you know that um, I-, I mentioned that I grew up in the projects, and yes, I did. I got my education, my high school diploma. I got a bachelor's degree in educational studies. I also am working on my master's in psychology. As well as I studied theology and am a ordained minister and evangelist. So I just want you to know that I did my, I did my homework. I didn't just put all of this stuff together for a moment. It took me a while to research and, and get it right and bring it to you. So if I say something wrong or if I quote something wrong or if you hear something that's inaccurate... We have later episodes that you can comment to me and you can say, hey, Carlotta, you know, you said such and such and um, it's not accurate and we'll come back to it. But in the meantime, I'm going to give you what I have. So researching the history through biblical background. I came across a place called Cush, which is named after one of the sons of Noah. And we all know who Noah was. If you don't, we'll discuss it more later. But in the meantime, Cush was um, be- was a a place. It became a place, and it became a people, the Cushites, just like the Israelites. And the Cushites occupied a certain place within the Middle Eastern area, where Egypt was, across from Egypt and Persia. And Kush, today, the name would be Africa, the continent of Africa. It occupied the north, central, southern, eastern, and western parts of the African continent that we know. But back then, it was just named Kush. It had no other name. The countries that occupy that space right now Within the African continent would be Kenya, Sudan, Ethiopia, Somalia, Tanzania, and a small country called Eritrea. And so I give you this explanation so that it gives you an idea of where Africa's origin began and how it expanded into the continent it is today and how our kings and queens came about. And where they came from. And so we know that they came, they began in the land of Cush. And so we're going to move right along, okay? So today, I fast forward again to the beginning of our kingship. When I researched and found, I found five most powerful kings. Not just kings, but African kings. And I'm going to bring them to you later. Um, I'm going to come back to that. But what I wanted to share with you was, is rather, the first kings in biblical time. So back in biblical time, the Israelites, because they were so stiff-necked and hard-headed, you know, and they just felt like, you know, that they needed a king, and so God gave God gave them a king. He had a, He had kings anointed for them to help to help guide them. And to lead them, be leaders, because that's what a leader is. Warriors—they go out and they conquer um, countries and and places, and then they protect their they protect their people at the same time. Then they they govern over them. They help them to to stay focused, just like we do today, only not so corrupted. Back then, there were more. Focused on making things right. And today we're just more like making our own way. So anyway, moving right along. I don't want to get off of what I want to talk about. Um, The first king was Saul. And Saul was anointed by Samuel. Because that's the Israelites had called for a king. And, And Samuel anointed him. And after he was anointed... He began to do some work. And he began to conquer some places. But then he became disobedient. He became erratic. His mind. Began to. Began to just not be what it should be. I want to say he became crazy. Um, his mental stability was not well. And so. um God had taken His hand off of him, and decided that He would anoint another as king. And as He was about to anoint this person as king, this man, this young person, this 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 uh, sheep herder, you know, Saul just began to get more erratic and crazy, and so He brought the sheep herder in to play music for him and, and soothe him. But for some reason, he just it just made him even more crazier. And I feel that the reason why was because he knew that his position was compromised and he knew that this person was going to succeed him. And that person was King David. And David was favorable. He was favorable of all the kings that we've ever had. But he was an adulterer and he was a murderer. But he was repentant and that's the reason why God favored him so much. Because he repented. He was sad for what he, had been, what he had done, the things that he had done. And he was repentant for it. And so then that's David. And then we have King Solomon, which is David's son, who succeeded him. And even, even Solomon was corrupted. He began to worship idols and and allowed the women to rule him. He was a ladies' man. And so moving right along, um, those were the three main kings in the beginning. And then we had others that came behind them. We had the kings of Israel, and then we had the kings of Judah. And those those kings were even more corrupted than anything than any king that we had they they just they just followed suit with what was happening and it was sad and it brought sadness to their people but God decided that he was going to replace that replace those kings with one king and first and foremost that we know that God is the king of kings and he's the lord of lords and so him replacing someone replacing these kings with someone that would come and wipe out all of what have what we have done wrong all the sin all all the things that we were stiff-necked and hard-headed about and he replaced them with king Jesus and so this lineage comes Jesus comes through but at the same time and at the same juncture our African kings came from this lineage as well, and we don't hear much about it. They don't talk about it because, you know, they don't want to talk about how back in the biblical time that black skin was predominant. King Solomon's wife, his first con, his first wife, his first love, um, her skin was 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 of dark skin you know um if you read king of um songs of solomon it also it talks about how what she looked like and and how she how she stood and and what her skin was was um made like and her eyes a pool of 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 um coral so this this is the history that no one wants to talk about and that is you know where our people, Africans, have originated from. So I go back to the Kushites because that's where it originated from. It started from there. Egypt, Persia, and the Kushites. That's where Africans came from. That's where we originated from. And no one, again, no one wants to talk about that. They don't want to bring that up because they want to keep it so that... um, you know, that we keep thinking that those people back in the biblical time had white skin. And they didn't. And so I come to um, bring enlightenment and even have others to come. And, you know, we can do argumentative conversation on what I'm saying. Is, is it true or is there discrepancies? Um, I stand on what I, what I believe. And I believe with all my heart and all my might that we as a people were the first. Not the Europeans, not the Caucasians, but the Africans. And so I that's what I come to speak about. I'm not gonna stay too long on this subject. I just wanna come and leave some knowledge, some some wisdom that I've that I've learned and that I've researched with my people, so that we can um, understand why we are kings and queens, and why we have dominion, and why it's time for, why it's time for us to start taking this that stands to start being who we were called to be. So I go back to the five powerful kings that um, the five powerful. African kings that I found um, and the one his name was um, I want to say it correctly Hotep, and he was the pharaoh of ancient Egypt and he did not become pharaoh of ancient Egypt um, because he was born of that bloodline he was a regular person he came from a regular bloodline. He didn't come from a um, from the favorable bloodline. And so he was one of the first African um, African kings. And he, he did great things. He was an astronomer. I'm sorry, an astronomer. I'm going to get it right. An architect, a physicist, a philosopher, and a poet. He was... Basically, the man behind all the great designs um, in Egypt, the Saqqara complex, which is known as the known as the city of the dead, is where all the Egyptians are buried. It's a tomb. Um, he also is known for um, designing the steps, you know, for the pyramid. And so that is that's the that's the, one of the first. African kings that we have um, that come through the bloodline and I say it comes through the bloodline because Kush which is the original Africa is where they come from Egypt, Persia and Kush and so because of that bloodline um these af these powerful African kings are not talked about. No one mentions them. It's not a history that we learn in school. We don't teach it to our children. They don't teach it to our children because we don't because we don't know. And so I talked about M M M Hope I'm gonna say his name right. I'm gonna get it right. Um I'm gonna say his name right. And it's I'm Hotep. I'm Hotep or Imhotep And like I said, he is the favorite of ancient Egypt, twenty two hundred BC. And um he was the chief advisor to King Zoster in ancient Egypt's third dynasty. Um And like I said, he was an astronomer, architect, physicist, a philosopher, and a poet. And in addition to this, um, like I said, he was the man behind all the great designs. His achievements earned him a series of titles. For instance, he was referred to as the High Priestess um, of Heliopolis, the first after the King of Upper Kemet and the Administrator of the Great Palace. And... These are just some of the some of the titles that he had as um, as king. So I'm gonna move along. That's one king, right? Then the second king that I found um, that is a powerful king is Shaka Zulu. And of course we've all heard about Shaka Zulu. We know about it. we've heard about it, we've seen it on TV, but we've never really researched it and so king of zulu south africa 1818 to 1828 he served as king um, of zulu south africa he was one of the most popular african kings he was well remembered for turning zulu warriors into great fighters so he was a warrior he was a great warrior and he was powerful And he made Zulu powerful. He made the kingdom of Zulu powerful. And he reigned. He reigned until. He reigned conquering. This is what I want to say. He reigned conquering countries and places until his death. Up until he died. He designed spears um, that he called a, Zaka, a Zagai. Um, he designed shields to help protect them. And so this is what he was famous for. But the main thing is that he was an African, queen, an African king. And he reigned over his people. Then we have Ten, Ka- Ten Kemenin, king of Ghana, from 1037 A.D. to 1075 A.D. And I don't know if m- many people know much about him. Um, king Tek- Tek- I'm going to say his name right too. King Ten Komnenon, Ten Kemenin, That's how you say his name. And he was the king of Ghana. And he became an economic stronghold while his government became an admiration of many African kings. He insisted on justice. And I'm pausing because I want to make sure I say the right things. And I want to make sure that I word it rightly. So please forgive me if I'm pausing but he did insist on justice and he took steps to give his people a platform to address their grievances just like with king solomon just like with king david and just like king, with king saul and at the same time he gave suggestions to help make things better and that's what king solomon was was well known for he was well he was wise he had great wisdom and he was able to solve issues among his amongst his people in a very um open and candor manner. He did not hold his tongue, he did not candy coat anything for anyone, he he was straightforward. And so um this was this king as well. He um wanted to bring justice for his people, and he was willing to do it at any cost. And so that was King Tana Then we have the next king, which is King of Sudan, and his name is Samor Turi. And he reigned from 1830 A.D. to 1900 A.D. And he might be well-known amongst the Muslims um, I want to say he might be known amongst the Muslims but the rise of his greatness um, began in his hometown and when it was attacked and several of his family members including his mom were captured as slaves now this is where it begins and persuasively he managed to convince his king B'tiki, B't, B'tiki, to allow him to switch places with her mother. He eventually joined the king's army and quickly rose to hold the highest rank in the army. And then after serving, he was later allowed to go back to his native land, where he was instantly made king. His first conquest was to unite the whole of West Africa and form a single formidable state. And he chose to oppose all the French attempts to exploit Africa by fighting them back every single time they moved. Every time they came amongst them, he fought. His great military training, he gave to his troops and strategies for to to win these wars. And they made him one of the most dreaded kings by the Europeans because the Europeans knew that he was strong. So now I'm... I I'm saying something very key right now on why the Europeans and when I say Europeans I mean all Caucasians. I mean them the Caucasians that are here, the Caucasians in other countries. I'm I, I'm addressing all of them because they dreaded this king. Why do you think they dreaded him? Because he was well-versed in war. He was well-versed in combat. And he did not pull back. And he was not afraid. And this was all in the in the country of Africa. Sudan. One of the countries of the continent of Africa. And he was dreaded. And they were scared of him. And... In Africa, he is forever remembered as one of the African rulers who fought hard to prevent Africans from being colonized. That meant that he did not want us to be used as slaves. He didn't want them to come there and do us in. He was fighting for us, but our own people. Our own people. So... If the Europeans back then were dreaded of one man, imagine many. Just imagine. Just imagine. I come to my final and fifth king and I am kind of swayed by this guy. One, because the picture of him is very handsome. And and i just i'm i don't know i'm just i'm just drawn to him and his name is Man- mansa kankan musa king of mali from 1306 ad to 1332 ad and he was a very strong king as well and mansa simply known as mansa musa was a great scholar and this is what gets me because i, I love I love learning about things. I love history. I love English. I love reading. It's just something that is in me. And he was an economist as well as he loved art. He, was, he had a flamboyant lifestyle um, that made him a great king, that made people around him, his people, admire him and um i'm just I'm just drawn to him he um he led a holy pilgrimage from Timbuktu to Islamic Mecca, and so his his higher power for him was. I'm going to get it out. His higher power for him was Allah. And there were many events that earned him his respect worldwide. And he was well remembered by scholars and other people as a great leader who had great business skills he managed to make mali the wealthiest kingdom at that time and even to this day mali is still a very 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 wealthy country housing one of the most prestigious universities globally but being one of the most one of the most one of the countries that is very wealthy Very, very wealthy. And so, these are the five kings, the five powerful kings that I wanted to bring before you to let you know that this is the lineage. This is where it came from. This is where it all started. This is why our. this is why we're we're so oppressed, oppressed this is why the Europeans the Caucasians, the white people the supremacists want to suppress us they want to wipe us out because they know that we are powerful they know that we've held powerful powerful titles that we held powerful positions in the world and they don't want us to have that back they're afraid that if we get that back that we will overpower them and they would be right it would be the truth instead of us having that connotation of being crabs in a barrel We can have that connotation to be the warriors that would overrun the country because we can do it. Because we're just that powerful. Yeah, people say Japan and Korea, you know, they got it going on and they do. Why? Because they stick together. Why? Because they believe in unity as a people. And that's the, that's the, thing that I want to talk about the most with Africans with blacks with my kings and my queens is that we have no unity our unity has been severed and destroyed by all the things that have happened from biblical time up until now and we didn't and we didn't stop it because we were so scared that Our lives would be taken or we were scared that our children would be taken or our women would be taken, which inherently is what happened. And we're not realizing and understanding the power that we had. And because of all the stuff that happened throughout the years, little by little, our passion was killed. Little by little, our warrior ships were killed. Little by little, everything in us was killed. We had no gully. I want to use the word gully. We're we're no longer gully anymore. We're gully for ourselves, but we're not gully for our people. And we need to be gully for our people. We need that. Because with all the stuff that's going on, and the children disappearing um, from the world. And when I say from the world, I say that because they're disappearing from the world. They're being taken and killed and martyred and maimed. And no one is caring. And the people that should care don't. We talk about it, but do we show it? Until it's something that really is major, we do not step up to the plate. Now I'm going to think, go back to when 45, I don't want to say his name because I don't like his name when 45 made those statements about the Haitians. And the Haitian people took to the streets of New York City. And it was absolutely amazing to see that. Why couldn't not just the Haitians, but the Jamaicans? And why couldn't it just not been the Jamaicans but the Africans as well? And why couldn't it have been the African Americans that live here in this country already? Why didn't they do it? Why didn't they go out there? Because let me tell you something. It would have been something. We would have overrun New York City. Ain't no way in all the world, all the police in New York City could have controlled us. If you think about it, if you look, The vast majority of our people coming together. We've done it on many occasions. You got Selma. You got the Million Man March. I mean, all of these things. And we should not be having no issues. We should not be not being able to take dominion and control of our lives every single day. I got out of my car one day because a Caucasian man um, was riding me on the back of my car. He He was tailgating me really close. And I had my children in the back seat. And I began to drive slower because I did not want him to ram into the back of my car with my babies in the back seat and he became angry with me and when we got to the light he decided he was going to get out of his vehicle and so he got out i got out and i got out and i grabbed my little my little enforcer i have an enforcer i don't have a weapon yet a weapon weapon like a gun a handgun or a 9mm, on a semi-automatic, or an A16, one don't have those things right now. So I pulled out my enforcer, which is a bat. It's aluminum, and it does great. It don't do as much damage as a handgun, but it does damage for me. And so I got out of my vehicle with the bat in hand, and the gentleman paused. And he was a tall gentleman. I'm short. I'm five feet tall. Female. Black. And he stopped in his tracks. And he's like, well, what are you going to do with that? I was like, I'm going to protect myself because you come into my vehicle. Why you come into my vehicle? I don't understand. Well, you driving slow and you being reckless. No, you being reckless, sir, I says. Because you're driving on on the back of my vehicle. And I have children in the back seat. And even if I didn't, you shouldn't be driving on me like that. This is Pennsylvania. We have two lane roads. Left road, right road. Where you going? You can't go anywhere. We all go into the same direction. And so, you know, he began to you know, become irate and get crazy. And I said, sir, I'm going to do what I have to do to protect mine at all costs. I'm not scared. He's like, oh, you don't have to be like that. And I was like, no, I do because you you threatened me. And the story goes like this. While I was standing there, making my plight to this gentleman. Two black men, big ones, got out of their vehicles behind him and they began to walk towards where he was at. And they said, ma'am, are you okay? Do you need us? And I said, yes, I do. And they did not hesitate to come to my aid. And when he turned around and he saw these two black brothers, his whole demeanor And his case that he was trying to make to me no longer mattered because he realized that he was outnumbered. And he began to apologize profusely and walk back to his vehicle and get back in his vehicle and left me alone. And the two gentlemen said to me, are you okay? I said, I'm fine. Thank you very much. I appreciate you kings getting out of your vehicles to come and see about me. And they said, anytime, ma'am. And they went and got back in their vehicles and I got back in mine. And the gist of the story is, is that this is what should be happening with our people. When we're seeing these things happening like this, like a video of somebody, somebody videoing a white man beating up a black woman, who's videoing it? And is it one of us? And if it's one of us, we should be ashamed of ourselves because somebody should have protected her. Somebody should have came to her aid. And he should have never been able to do that to her and get away with it. And this is what I'm when I'm talking about, when I'm talking when I'm talking towards and at our kings. We need you to step up for us as kings. And if you stepped up as the warriors and the kings that you are, these caucasians got to step down. Not just step down, they got to stand down. We ought to put fear in them to let them know that they just can't come at us in any old way. So I, I come to just bring this little bit of information about the history of kings and queens. As well as giving you some history on why it is per- imperative. Why it's needed for our kings to be uplifted. For us as women, as queens, to put our hands in the middle of their backs and press them to be the kings that they should be. To be the warriors that they should be. And to know that they have warrior queens that will stand by them at all costs. No matter what. Because if it's your kid, you will definitely want to cover your child. If it's your husband, you definitely want to cover your husband. If it's your sister and your brother, your cousin, your aunt, your grandmother. You want to cover them. You want to make sure that nobody does anything to them. And you want them to know that that put the fear in them that they will never ever even think to come close to your family members. But you want to do the same for not just your family members, for, for all black people for all kings and queens and princes and princesses to put the fear in them, to know that fear in those that are not like us, that they are not going to just do whatever they want to do to us and get away with it being warriors at all costs Martin Luther King Jr. was a warrior at all costs wasn't afraid to lose his life. And if he wasn't, he didn't show it. Malcolm X was not afraid to lose his life. And if he was, he didn't show it. Angela Davis was not afraid to lose her life. If she was, if it was any fear in her, she didn't show it. She stood her ground. The Black Panthers, and although they were were violent in nature, but at all costs to save their people, they had some corruption going on but if they would have just stood their ground and not let not let the caucasians the europeans scare them into not being who they are truth said real truth people these people these caucasians these europeans are not even citizens of this year, United States. They don't belong here. Just like us. They came from other places too. They, this is not their originating place. They came from somewhere else and took over a land that did not even belong to them. And still to this day, because of the laws that they made, they still—it still it still doesn't belong to them. They made the laws... But the laws apply to them too. Why? Because the law is the law is for the lawless. And they made those laws, those laws apply to them too. And that we have to make that make it apply to them. We have to remind them that you made these laws, and these laws don't just apply to us, they apply to you as well. That means that you're not a citizen of this country. Just as well as I'm not a citizen of this country. I didn't come from here. My ancestors did not come from here. They did not originate here. And your ancestors did not originate here. And you don't belong here. But this country was made and put together so that people can come and be free. The land of the free. The home of the brave. That's what you said. And now you want to come and you want to change it. You want to to so-called come with the make America great again. America has always been great. It was built on the foundation that people can come here and be free. No more slavery. It shouldn't be. But every day I'm still reminded that somehow I'm a slave. I'm a slave to my job. I'm a slave to the bills that I have to pay. I'm a slave to the, to, the, to the getting up in the morning every day and getting my children ready for school. We slave. Everybody. But we have dominion. And we have to take control and take dominion and take back what belongs to us. And stop letting them tell us how we should live. And stop living in fear of what the man can do to... Man can't do nothing but to this body. They can't do nothing to your spirit. They can't do nothing to your mind. And truth be said, they can't do nothing to this body unless you allow them to. But if we stand up and become a people and put come together and unite as a people. And say no more. No more. And not be afraid. I might have said too much. I might have baffled, babbled too much, I know. But I just want to get my point across. I want to say thank you for listening. Thank you for taking the time out to hear my thoughts. I hope they've enlightened you and just to know that there's more to come. This wasn't just it. Thank you for listening. Jules, Diamonds, and the Rough. Peace. Blessings, everyone. Hi, it's Carlotta again. Brought to you by Jules, Diamonds, and the Rough. I'm back again to continue. My discussion with you on the history of kings and queens, and this will be part two. So let's get started. Again, I want to say this again, and I know I keep saying it, and I think this will be my last time mentioning this, but I want everyone to remember that these segments, these episodes, everything that we speak about is not directed to anyone outside of the African race. That's including um, people from the Asian descent, um, anyone that's not from our country that is not directly from where we're from, put it like that. If you're European, this is not for you. If you want to learn something, that's cool. I'm with it. Um, I'm all for you to learn and hear what we have to say, but... This is our history, and I'm sharing our history for my people, not for your people, because you have your history. And so if you think it's reverse racism or whatever you think it may be, I'm sorry that you feel that way. I'm going to take that back. I am not sorry that you feel that way. Um, This is our heritage, and just like you have a heritage, we have a heritage. So again, if you don't like what you hear, please do me a favor. Just hit the, hit the delete button for yourself and don't listen. But those that are interested, which would be my people, African, of, um, of Latino descent, because they are from our country as well. They originated. Um, but, you know, of course, you know, the Europeans, they always want to cohabitate with us. They don't like us, but they want to cohabitate with us in that way um, causing, um, that mixture. And so, this is, again, for those that are of African descent, okay? I love you, thank you, and let's begin, okay? So, the last time I spoke with you, um, we talked about, um, the land of Cush, and how Cush was the eldest son of Ham, and I did not, um let you know who Cush was. I just told you that he was the son of Noah, but he's not the son of Noah. He was the grandson of Noah. And so I'm going to give you the history a little bit more real quick, fast, um, and then I'm going to continue. But I just wanted you to know that, okay? So um, moving right along. Um, Cush was the eldest son of Ham, who was the son of Noah. Um, he was the brother of Canaan, which comes from the land of Canaan. And then Mizram, um, which um, is where Egypt came from. And then Phut, who is another, another sibling, um, which occupied the land of Libya. So if you see all these countries, all these um, cities that I'm um, mentioning are all out of the African continent. And if you go and look on your map, go to the African map, um, you will see that, okay? Um, just wanting to let you know Um, They're all from the the African continent. And all were considered kings of their land, each and every last one of them, including Mizraim. Now, what I learned is is that these lands were inhabited by tribes of various peoples. Ethiopians, um, they called them dark men. And it was known that one man is the ruler of the land. He is both king and general. He rules the state. He judges the people, and he was the high priest. This is known, not just for the Ethiopian country, but for all the countries within the African continent that are there now. But prior to that, that is the way it was. That was the setup. That's how they did it. Now, I want to talk about how back in the, in the late 1800s to the early 1900s, many of the countries of Africa, um, their rulers um, were given titles of prime minister, which was a, it was a taboo, actually, um, it was a term of abuse rather than an official, um, official position, um, it implied that the individual, um, or subject had risen, um, to, um, to that title improperly above others within the royal circle. And so that's how that, um, where they came from with the prime minister, taking the title of king from our people. And so I just, you know, I want you to, you know, see that. I want you to understand that because that prime minister um, title did not come from us. It came from the Europeans. It came from um, the English rule parliament. They started that. Um, Now, South Africa their ruler as prime minister um between 1910 and 1984 um they had that that title but then it was abolished um and later um they changed it to state president and oh by the way they they um just to let you remind you that each of the prime ministers of South Africa each and every last one of them up until um up until our um Our leader, our South African leader, the first black leader, um, and I can't get his name in my my mouth right now, so please forgive me. But just know that each and every last one of them were European; they were not of African descent, and they each inhabited, not inhabited. They each um, had that title of prime minister. You think about that. You simmer over that. Let that get in your mind. So our people followed suit, um, obtaining rulership in the same way, in the same manner that these Europeans did. And so it took the dominion that they had over their country um, from them, and they, and they just became, you know, pawns, following suit on what the Europeans impressed on them, um, impressing their governmental rules and regulations. Um, And it's time for us to take that back. It's not okay. Um, So um, I was thinking about um, the movie Wakanda. I mean, not the movie Wakanda, but the movie Black Panther. And I was thinking about how, um, how they obtained their kingship. How the father had passed away. And in order for him to become king, he had to perform a ritual. And in that ritual, um, someone had to challenge him in order for him to take the title. And if no one challenged him, then he would get the title easily. But not everything is easy in life. We always have to fight for what we want and what we deserve. Um, And there's work. There's work. Nobody these days want to work for their title. They just want it given to them. And it doesn't work like that. Just as mother. Is given the title of mom. She, a mother, so any woman can mother a child, can be, bring a child into the world, but it takes the nurturing. It takes the night and day, minutes, seconds, hours of every day taking care of that child and nurturing that child, feeding that child from your breast, um, feeding that child, you know, with food that you've worked hard for to get, and then um, some of us having to do it by ourselves, but then having it that king in the household to help us to do that, um, to assist us, to have our backs. And uh, uh, quite honestly, it's not happening these days. There are not many that I see where the king and the queens are um, doing it together. So it kind of saddens me a little bit. But moving right along, I don't want to stay on that. Um, Now today the rulers um, of the countries um, in Africa, in the African continent rather, um, now hold the title of president they no longer hold the title of prime minister prime minister um, and they no longer hold the title of king and queens which is due to them that's what they're supposed to have um i can go into depth i can think of all the things that um that um could you know give you more insight but i think that would what I've given you so far is a is a good insight on where our kings and queens originated from. Um, now, many of the countries known today, such as Algeria, um, yielded names such as the Kingdom of Nomendia. the cor- the um, the of um, of course I'm sorry of course the Kingdom of Kush, um, which is Ethiopia, and then the Kingdom of Axum. Now, Etria and northern, Europe, Europe, um, northern Ethiopia. And the king of Africa existed so far as back as two thousand two hundred BC anymore. Um, just as I've spoken before, you know, kings and queens have always existed. Um, especially within that, um, that time frame. And African kings and queens existed. And they would try to make us think that, that we weren't there that um, it was only the Europeans that were there or it was only um, um, those from the Middle East. But no, that's not true. We were there. We were always there. And we were the originators. Um, so I just wanted to share that um, information. I didn't want to go too far um, past trying to get to my, my next segment, which would be um, the Queen's of um of Africa rather queens period where they where they were originated. And of course we know we had Queen of Sheba. So if we had Queen of Sheba you know that there were queens that existed because if in order for a king to to be a king, he gotta have a queen. He gotta have that queen that's going to have his back, that's gonna stand next to him, that's going to help him um to to make decisions, help him to rule with a not just an iron hand, but with a sympathetic and empathetic hand. Because they're supposed to judge the people. They're supposed to um, lead the people. They're supposed to be generals. That means there's a general. He's, he's a warrior. He's out there. He's doing it for his country. He's fighting for his um, not just for his people, but for his queen, who would bear him children to bring him the next king. So um, we know that kings existed as far back as biblical time. 200 BC, even now to this day, and I want to come to that portion of my research, and what I found out today is that um, kings and queens, they do exist today, they still do, but not in the, um, not in the vein of being a ruler of their country, they exist in the, in the vein of being a spiritualist, um, um, a minister. Um, they they minister to the people. They're no longer um, ruling as a um, as a as a judge of their country, as a judge of the states of each con- of their country. They are just there to give spiritual advice um, as a higher power, um, as a as a connection to the higher powers. And so um, we need to take that back. We Need to take our dominion back on. Who we are and how we stand and i believe when we do that a lot of things in this country where we are right now are going to change a lot of nonsense that is coming at us will change we have to change how we stand as a people first of all in 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 africa in the african continent in that time frame and I'm, I, I don't know how it is now i can only go about back then they stood together They stood together, they fought together, they were warriors, they covered their people, they made sure that their children were okay, they made sure their family members were okay. They did not fight against each other. Now, yes, we had slavery come along, but in a time frame where, you know, the Europeans came and they had something good for them. They thought it was better, they didn't know any better. Um, they got um, some of them got itchy, itchy ears and eyes. Their eyes um, became bigger than their stomachs, and they thought, you know, I can, I can, I can do better for my people if I if I do this or if I do that. They, 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 they made it look good. They spoke to them. They, they, they beguiled them, and they didn't really know any better. It's just like you know, back in in um, biblical time, um, the Israelites, you know, they were just so. Um, stiff-necked and hard-headed, not wanting to listen to God and do the things that he required of them. And so this is why we're here. We're in this in this place right now where we don't have our titles. But it's for us to take the titles back. It's for us to give each other the titles. Um, I I speak to my children that way. I call my daughters queens. Um, I call my, my, my daughters that live outside my home because they're married with children. I call them the queens of their homes. Um, I call my my daughters in my home princesses. I call my sons princes because that's what they are, um, and I raise them to be future kings and queens, to stand firm in who they are, to have dominion um, in everything they do, their their education, um, their. Whether they love sports, whether they want to be a teacher. I have one that wants to be a teacher. You want to be a teacher, but this is how it has to be. You have to be. You have, to have dominion over your classroom. You have to have dominion over your students. They have to respect you, um, just like as a king or a queen earns the respect of their people. So if I'm saying the wrong things, I truly, truly want you to inbox me, say Carlotta, some of the stuff you said. Doesn't match up. Um, I have something that I would like to share and add to it, and I'm I'm all for adding and sharing anything that you have, Um, even bringing you on the um on the on the cast so that you can share it with everyone, um, and we could post it and get it published and get it out there. The reason for um, the history um, of kings and queens is to is to share the information so that you will go out there and share it with someone else, so that you will go out and empower someone else, empower another queen, empower another king to be who they are um, and who they're called to to be the title that they were given as children um, of Africa and descendants of Africa, because that's where we come from. I thank you for listening. Um, I hope to hear from you guys. Again, inbox me. I'm on Messenger, Carlotta and Eth Williams Watts. You can Messenger me. Um, I am on Facebook. Um, just, just send me some information um, if you feel that what I say is not um, accurate. Again, I'm gonna be back and I'm gonna have a guest. I'm so um, excited to have him on. So he's gonna come. And he's gonna share his his views. I'm excited because um, we kind of clash on our views, but I'm sure that we're going to be able to come to a happy medium um, and talk about some good stuff. Thank you for joining Jules Diamonds in the Rough. God bless you.